What is up, my fellow limpers? This is your host, Jordan Ross, and thank you for listening to another episode of the What's Your Limp podcast. Today, I am super excited to be talking with actress Jess Wexler, who you might know from Teeth, The Good Wife, Chained for Life, The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, Fully Realized Humans, Ava, It Chapter 2, The Sun and much, much more. She's kind of known as this indie movie darling, but she has such a range, both in the types of characters that she plays, as well as the genre of of film that she appears in. And I have been a big fan and admirer of hers for a while now. Um, so getting to sit down and chat with her was, was really, really cool. Um, we have some mutual friends in uh, Tyler Labine and Frank Mosley, uh, both of whom I have interviewed on this show as well. So be sure to listen to those episodes. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Jess and I talked about uh, the transition of of having children while being an actor and the the way that changes your perspective on certain things, uh, as well as just getting older in the industry and insecurities we've had as actors over the years. And she also opened up about some struggles within her, her personal uh, and family life uh, prior to pursuing a career in acting which was really touching, uh, specifically her relationship with her dad. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. Uh, I'm, I'm very appreciative of Jess being willing to open up and, uh, be, be vulnerable. Um, especially considering this is the first time we had ever spoken face to face. We had been emailing for well over six months, uh, just trying to find a good time to sync up. So I'm glad we finally were able to, and uh, hopefully we have her on again one day. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jess Wexler, and enjoy the original intro music by Devin Levi, and be sure to give him a follow at Devin Levi Music. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I'm glad we were finally able to to sync up. Me too. Thanks for sort of sticking with it. I know you have been yeah. working a lot, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's been it's been uh the last year really is has been kind of crazy, but it's uh it's been nice. It's always like it's a good problem to have. I, I was away from home a lot, which was rough, but it's like like mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of the trade off. But uh, it's nice. I have a couple months now to kind of relax at home before I I get back at it. So yeah, I'm I'm just now actually starting to go out and about, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this feels great. Yeah, I got it. The grass is always greener. It. It's like whenever you're <laughs> stuck at home for a long period of time, you're just like itching to get back. But then once you work for five months straight, you're like, okay, I need another break. So that's a long time. I, I thought when I originally auditioned, they it was a you know, one little scene that I did and they said, it doesn't seem like much, but your character will appear in a couple of other episodes. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I'll get, you know, a couple of weeks of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned into 60 days over five and a half months uh, all throughout Texas and Montana and stuff. So it was, it was awesome, but it was exhausting. Yeah. Um, that's an adventure all over, yeah, all yeah. over the place. It was fun, but it was great being in a Western, like, you know, about that as well. It's uh Westerns are, it was a challenge, like being out in the elements all the time and stuff, but it was, it was yeah. fun. Um, no, it's totally pl- like playing make-believe. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm in another world, another time. 
months. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny that the last few things I've done have been period pieces, which are awesome and getting to play with accents and everything and these costumes. But um, they're all like I'm out side sweating or freezing and I'm always dirty they're applying extra dirt and sweat so I keep saying like my next job I want it to be where I'm just like something like the office where I get to sit in like in air conditioning and like wear normal clothes uh because yeah it was uh it was a lot and I have horrible asthma so there were two one time I had to go to the ER and then another time uh they had to put me on the ambulance that was on set to give me a steroid shot just because all of the dust and yeah. the smoke and everything I was breathing in but uh uh I do want to talk more about acting and stuff but before that um I always kind of start from the beginning so you grew up in Kentucky right I did yeah I want to apologize in advance even before we start because I'm my daughter usually sleeps at right. this point but last night she didn't. She was like up from three to five. Of course. And then just woke up for good at six. And I was like, well, this is great. I'm yeah. how old is she? I, she's three. She okay. really should not be doing like this. It was a it was a one off yeah. for her to do it last night. I, yeah. My wife is upstairs uh, trying to because we have three. We have a six year old girl, a three year old girl and a one year old boy. And uh, she's trying to get him down for his nap now. So if you hear screaming in the background or anything, then that's that's what's going on. So It'll be I apologize. It'll your symphony. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also have, I have another one on the way right you do. now. Congrats. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's, it, it took like a year of therapy for me to get around to like, am I going to actually do this again? Yeah. <laughs> going from one to two it was a lot smoother than I thought it would be. Like, it's still difficult because you're now chasing around two humans. But before, um, we were kind of nervous going into it because like one is hard enough and then bringing another one in. But it, it actually, yours will actually be the same, uh, you know, separation in age as, as our two girls are around the same. And it was kind of the perfect like time in between because then, the big sister can help a little bit more and she's, you know, a little more independent where, you know, yeah. you're not having to, um, like, you know, she, she kind of understands how to do certain things and get dressed and like brush her teeth and stuff like that. So she can kind of help take care of herself and, and her baby sister. So it was, uh, and they entertain each other as well. So it's not all like you're, it's not That's just on I'm you. Fingers crossed for, I'm like, let them be those kids. Yeah. Just really get on. Yeah. <laughs> really entertain each other and yeah i'm sure they will away. i'm so excited for you that's awesome thank you yeah and to your last question yes i am from kentucky okay cool so what was speaking of kids what was your childhood like you know did you have any siblings uh no i was okay. an only child and um i was primarily raised by my father um because when i my mom is bipolar Okay. Um, and so she just like, couldn't handle it at a certain point. Um, I hope my mother never hears this podcast. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. So, and my dad, uh, it, it is disabled because he has hemophilia. So he's had most of his joints replaced wow. um, because he, um, he had like severe hemophilia through the, 80s and um <clears throat> i mean he had his hit his his whole life but through the 80s it's sort of well known that everybody with hemophilia also got hiv from the blood banks and so it was just like a 
crazy thing where my dad did an incredible job of like single parenting mm-hmm. um, while being disabled and against all odds. So yeah. I really had a hero, but at the same time, oh, okay, this, you, you can, you just, you just get it done as a parent. Yeah. <laughs> you just take on what you, you just take on what you got. I wished I had a sibling, which is why I'm doing it again. Yeah. I was about to ask if that was one of the things that was kind of pushing you to maybe have another one is, you know, growing up without one. Um, but, uh, that's really cool about your dad. I mean, obviously it's, it's, uh, heartbreaking that he, he went through all of that, but, um, whenever you like were growing up and he was dealing with that, did you kind of have to help, uh, like take care of him a little bit as well, or help him out with things? Was that something that where you felt like because of that, you had to kind of grow up a little bit faster maybe? Yeah, I think, yeah, because he was in and out of wheelchairs a lot and, it just sort of depended and sort of once that you get on the cocktail that they were inventing at the time for HIV combined with sort of surgeries and things like that, there, there was definitely like a partnership that was formed that yeah. was just teamwork. Um, right. Having disabilities myself, um, it was something before having kids, um, like as a teen, I, I, often worried, like, what if my kids turn out to be like me? What if my kids have this too? Because I was worried about them having all of these, you know, the same insecurities that I have and and stuff like that. Um, But then after having kids, it made me, that was one of the things that helped me to embrace myself more because I saw one, like, thankfully they're all, they're all healthy. None of them, um, you know, have any complications, but if they did, you know, that's fine too. But um, they, uh, the, how much they love me and like they see me walk different and they see me have a limp but they love that about me because I'm their dad and that's all they know they wouldn't want me to walk quote unquote normal or you know to to be any different than I am and that was like kind of eye opening to me that I was like if these little people who I love more than anything in the world love and accept me for who I am then why can't I do the same so um I'm sure your dad appreciated you having you know appreciated having you there to you know kind of be his rock as well as him being yours um yeah it was I mean I definitely even now have like a hero complex around him because I I see just just from my experience like mental disability versus physical disability and how much he could overcome with a physical disability, whereas mental disability seems so much harder to, and so much more confusing and so much scarier um, to me. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And there's kind of this like stigma around like mental disability where sometimes people don't take it as seriously because they, they can't see it. Like I have a limp. I have all these scars from surgeries. I've, Mm-hmm. I've undergone, but that, so people can like, they can see what I'm talking about and they're like, oh yeah, he, you know, it may be, he may get tired walking a little sooner than I would and things like that. But whenever you have uh, some sort of mental disability, like my wife um, is on the spectrum and and so is my, mm-hmm. my oldest, but it's something that like when my wife first discovered that and started talking about it to people, a lot of the 
responses were like, no, you don't. You're, you're like, you're not autistic. You don't have that because they're thinking of like the most extreme versions or they think right. they have this, this yeah. picture painted in their mind. Um, and it was, they kind of like were in more invalidating and not as, as accepting as if, as, as they might've been, if she had a physical, like visible disability. But, uh, I, I want to talk about, uh, fully realized humans a little bit since I watched it last night, but <laughs> before that, um, and since we're talking about kids and kind of these, these, uh, fears and stuff we have going into parenthood, but, um, before that, so once you started acting one, how did you find it? Cause I'm not super familiar with Kentucky. I don't, I, I can't, I, I don't know if it has like this booming theater scene or, or whatever, but like, how did you discover it? And how did you start getting involved in that, that world? Louisville, Kentucky does have a booming theater scene. Okay. Um, but nobody else in my, in my family had ever been into acting or anything like that. And I, I definitely had only child syndrome where I was just like left to my own devices too much. And, um, watched way too much TV and just started like mimicking. I think like kids, I was just obsessed with kids incorporated and like would do all the songs as they did them. (laughs) I mean, whatever it is when you, yeah, I just, I just saw people on TV and I was like, I want to be them. I want to be like them. I want that life. And, um, and then Louisville, as I got older, had, uh, I mean, inside of the Kentucky Center for the Arts, there was, um, uh, they had a like playwright, new playwrights festival at the, oh my God, my brain. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to come up. Louisville, I'm not doing you justice. <laughs> <laughs> but I went to a place called Walden Theater. Okay. That was like an after school activity. Um, and because I mean, my dad did a great job of like, let's get her into club. Let's get her just like around other kids and help fill her time with stuff. And I just latched onto this place called Walden Theater, where they did a lot of Shakespeare for basically middle schoolers and high schoolers. That's and, awesome. And other things too. I mean, Chekhov, new plays, whatever. And and suddenly I felt like I had a big family. Um, so I really I, once I latched onto it, I never wanted to do anything else. Yeah. I never even like considered trying to do anything else. Cause I was like, I, for a minute there, I was like, if this doesn't work out, I'll run away and join the circus. I just love being part of like a big, weird, creative family. Yeah. Make stuff all day. Yeah. I was in that same boat. I was super shy as a kid and I didn't really talk to anyone other than like my mom and my grandparents and my sister. Like I, I wouldn't talk to anyone else. And then when I was six, we went with like some family friends to an open audition for like this community theater production of a Christmas Carol. And mm-hmm. it was one where, you know, everyone's just sitting out in the the audience and you get up an audition and there's, you know, parents sitting in the back waiting for their kids to finish. And none of me and my family weren't auditioning. It was just our, our family friends that were, Um, but my mom went to the restroom and when she came out, I was up on stage singing silent night (laughs) and it was like, she just like broke into tears because I, it was the first time I had really talked to, or like gone up and, and performed or talked to anyone. Um, I love that you waited for her to go to the bathroom to sneak up there. Like, (laughs) I don't even remember what happened. If it was me 
doing it, like if I just went up on stage or if someone was like, oh, hey, do you want to audition or what it was? But Mm -hmm. I remember the feeling of being up there and then in doing that and like how supportive everyone there was and how once I, once they cast me as Tiny Tim and then being in that, that group, I got so close to like the actors that were playing my siblings and my parents. And like, I just loved that community feeling and creating this thing together. Um, and it was the same thing where it was like, well, this, I found my thing. This is what I'm doing now. At what point did you decide to go like to Juilliard and, and realize like, oh, this is going to be, this is like a viable option for me that, you know, I'm, I can make a career out of this. I think I had, I had visited like enough other, um, like Oberlin or different places. I, I wasn't like, I've decided to go to Juilliard. I went to this, um, (laughs) to this, uh, place in this conference in Chicago where all the major theater schools went and auditioned people over a weekend, sort of at the same time. And you go from like room to room, to room, to room, to room. Yeah. And my dad being awesome when I said, this is what I want to do. He was, he was always like, do what makes you happy. Because I, at, for most of my childhood, I'm, I'm trying to get emotional talking, but he, he was like, I probably won't make it till you're out of high school. Like we'll see because HIV and AIDS was so crazy through that yeah. time. Um, and he would tip in and out. And then he got on a lot of experiments um, because he was a special case, also being a hemophiliac. Um, so he just wanted to see me happy, yeah. which was amazing. And then would do things like, all right, let's drive to Chicago and you audition for all these schools. And um, I didn't get into anything. I auditioned for the first day and I got into everything I auditioned for the second day which sort of goes, cause I had, and I still have, but it's not as bad as it used to be major nerve issues. And I would get, um, rashes up my neck and across oh. my face. Like there would be just no denying like, Oh, this poor girl's having a freak out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it would happen in auditions. I would go to in the future. Just, I would feel the heat rising up in my chest and then blotches would go across my neck and up my face. And I was like, and I'm done. And I kind of like what you're saying with like, oh, I see them notice yeah. my limp. This is over. I would start to feel heat in my chest and I'd be like, this is, this is over. Like they're going to see that I'm losing it and yeah. I'm not, you know, in the moment or whatever. And I'm just. I, I like, what's the point of continuing this <laughs> even? And, and I, I have gotten that under control over the years. And I, I just pulled it together on that second day of auditioning, but it's almost like I had to Uber focus in yeah. order to not get triggered in that other way. Um, and, and, and later on in life, before I was a parent, I did a lot of meditating Okay. to, help not necessarily meditating before auditions or something, but just meditating sort of every day at some point in my life. So it was part of my centering repertoire. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm a parent, I don't meditate at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it, it's so hard to, to really find time to do anything, but I did. I actually, one of the last people I interviewed for this was 
a uh, a therapist who specializes in like couples therapy and stuff, but we did an interview about like coping mechanisms and and stuff like that. But one of the things he mentioned was uh, with meditation, you know, sometimes you may not have the time to do it, but he was like, just doing the dishes can be a form of meditation. If you just focus on each dish as you're doing it and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh yeah, I haven't really thought of it like that, but I went to a, um, a small conservatory in Dallas. It was like a 15 month program thing. But it was such a, that was a time in my life where before, since I started acting at such a young age, it was um, more of like this, I I loved the community of it, and I still do. But um, I found that I was like, I I was good at it. And it was something I I really loved being in that group of in those like groups of people. Um, But I didn't apply myself as much as I do now or as much as I could have it was more just about like hey this is fun um mm-hmm. and I was like going out to LA to these like acting boot camps and staying with other acting or other kids and and that were out there for the camps and um once I got to college though it was kind of this eye-opening experience where I was like oh these people are super talented and they work way harder than I do um and it made me up my game which has helped me since but it was also um, this kind of this transformational experience, because you doing something like that, like going to acting school, you put yourself in the weirdest, most vulnerable situations where you're, you know, being a tree in front of 20 other people or whatever, or like, you know, in movement classes, you're doing these weird things, or you're doing exercises where you're holding hands and crying with someone from the outside, (laughs) (laughs) like the mask exercises and stuff like that. Like there's all these, these weird things that you do, but you, you feel so naked and vulnerable. Um, and that helped me kind of get past that, uh, the insecurities of like worrying that you're going to look stupid, because if you're worrying about that and you're holding back, you're honestly going to look worse than you, you would if you just like went all in and, and commit. Um, but what was your experience there? Once, once you got in there, what was your experience like? And, and what, were some of the most valuable like lessons or things that you still carry with you, you know, now? I, I think I, I was one of the younger ones that went because half the people were like out of high school and the other half were using it as a grad program. Right. So like half the kids in my class would already be 22 or 25 or something like that. And I was 18 and I think I took it very seriously entering. I was like, I am, I am in New York now. I'm in July. Like let my life begin. Um, and it, and I look back and it's, it's such a like a luxury to be humming on the floor all day and have, you know, doing these private moment exercises and all these things. But I, I, I maybe wasn't, mature enough to grab grab onto it very well and so I just felt really insecure for about a year or two I think that was an okay place to be because I had to learn yeah to just settle into being feeling insecure and feeling like uh I don't really know what I'm doing like I'm not very good at this like I got here and I just like faked my way in that feel that imposter syndrome yeah yeah people have and um, I actually, I remember, I have a lot of lessons I learned at school, but I really don't think I got, 
I'm not going to say I'm good, but I don't think I got secure as an actor (laughs) until I, until probably four or five years after I graduated. Okay. Um, I, and I, and I started going to another coach and, and it, who I still see, um, I like, I still almost go to acting class every week because I love yeah, class. That's awesome. I, I just feel like actors just like stay in class. Cause if you're just auditioning all the time, that's not the feeling of getting to hash it out with somebody or yeah. fix, well, it's like know. an athlete c- keeps working out in between the games. Like it's the same principle. Like you gotta, it's you totally, gotta work out those muscles. Totally. And it, so I do think I learned a ton at Juilliard, but I, I couldn't piece it together for myself until later. It just, it kind of settled into me after the fact. And once I got into a room with this other coach named Alan Savage, who lives in New York, um, But it, it was an invaluable experience, but I think you've probably heard this from other people. It was also terrifying because like people were getting cut, people were getting on probation. You were never sure what your casting was going to be. You felt like it was really high profile. So if you got bad casting, mm-hmm. then you felt like you were never going to make it. So it sort of, you already felt like you were in the heat of uh, just like, am, am I going to be able to make it? Am yeah. I going to be one of the special ones? And that's one of the things I've started only really addressing now is the the like shiny penny syndrome of being yeah. an actor like am i going to be the special one am i going to be cuz you have to wait to get chosen as mm-hmm. an actor you go up with all these people and you're like am i going to be the shiny penny that they're like you know what it's it's you you just you're just it yeah um and I always think of the the video of Henry Thomas auditioning for E.T. where Spielberg is like, you got the part, kid. Like that, that <laughs> we're, we're all like craving to to get that, to, to have that, like uh-huh. that, um, you know, basically people telling us like, yes, you are good enough. You like you got the part. We I want enough. you. I want you. Yeah, yeah. The whole I want you thing. And. I've really. <sighs> in the last few years, I'm 40 now. I've been like, I just feel like the, the part of me that wants to be a woman and is becoming a woman doesn't like really wants to shake that, that child need that I'm sure comes from, you know, like, where did my mom go or whatever all those things are that we all have of like, please want me, please want me. Um, and start to really like, figure out, like, what do I want? Yeah. I almost, I realized having kids, I was losing very quickly my own ability to feel what I wanted. Right. I got so sucked into what she wanted. Yeah. You're not like, your own person as much like whenever you first have kids. Yeah. I was like, I can't even tell if I'm thirsty anymore. It's like, I can't, I'm really not sure what I want. Um, yeah. and so I've spent a lot of the last two years and in therapy getting in touch with like, like, what do I want? What does it feel like to want something that's not, I want to be wanted or, you know, that's just my own drive and push and motivation. And so I've kind of clicked over into the side of me that wants to develop things. Yeah. 
wants to make things and not just hope to be cast or, you know, hope to be right wanted by somebody else. Yeah. Like, You're not just sitting around and waiting, you know, for, for someone to want you. Yeah. And not that auditioning is like that. Auditioning is a, you know, it's right. Like yeah. Hard ass hustle. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just, I just really like the feeling of developing stuff now. Yeah. Like, what do I want to make? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat where I'm trying to, I had always written, but it was always more of just like to kind of pass the time and to feel creative. But now it's more, uh, I'm, I'm actively trying to develop projects that I, even if it's just like a little short that I want to take some friends that have some, some good cameras out and film for a day. Um, like just trying to make things that I want to make and, and play the parts that I want to play back to, um, parenthood. Uh, so whenever you, you first became a parent, there's, you know, obviously like in, in Hollywood, and we had touched on this in our email a little bit, like being a woman and getting older in this business. And, um, also whenever it comes to like, uh, getting pregnant, like if a man gains a bunch of weight for a role, no one's really asking like, Oh, when are you going to shed it again? Or when are you going to get back in shape? But if a woman carries a human and gives birth, then it's like, they're kind of expected to go back to the, you know, what they were before and all this stuff. So it's like, has that been something you've struggled with or, or had to like navigate through. Um, and also how did becoming a parent change your, your perspective on your work or on, you know, things in general? Um, the first part of the question, the, uh, as a, as like a woman getting older and a woman whose body is suddenly like thrown up and down, I, when I was pregnant last time, I still had, um, some momentum on me. Mm -hmm. So I, w I was, I was able to book, or I was able to do three things while I was pregnant. I had like already had two things kind of lined up to shoot. And then I'm, and then I created something with yeah. my buddy, Josh, the fully realized humans thing that you guys watched, yeah, which yeah. we shot when I was eight months pregnant, which was like glorious because wow. I could just be enormous Yeah, and whatever. Um, but when I, I feel like I made the mistake, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to talk out of bounds a little bit of, of honestly telling the production company too early that I was pregnant and they tried to get me fired. They tried to, they tried to find so many other reasons yeah. why I was maybe going to be fired that maybe they just needed a bigger name or whatever. And I hadn't had my contract signed yet, but the, and the director at the time I kind of knew, but he actually like had a heart to heart with me where he freaked out about it. Cause he was like, we don't know how big you're going to look at five and a half and six months. This character can't be pregnant. Like you're like, you, you can put coats on me. Like it was really, and then the directors change. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on, but I was like, oh no. I mean, even though we're all more woke now than we yeah. used to be, people straight up try to get you off things because you're a like liability suddenly when you're pregnant. It's like you're a, you're somebody with a disability on set and they're like, yeah. They even said like, what about insurance? Do, do you have any high risk stuff going on? And I was like, this is, 
this is just terrible because also what happens when actresses get pregnant I mean, I'm sure you know this, you have to like make enough in an earning period to get health insurance through SAG, um, which is the way my family has had health insurance is through my insurance. And if you can't work while you're pregnant, you're going to lose health insurance right when you're having a baby. Yeah. And then you and your baby are like suddenly searching for private insurance or, you know, or getting on Obamacare or whatever the things which are totally doable, but not as I mean it's, it's just not as it's not as ideal time. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like oh now's the time we're gonna kick you off your insurance yeah yeah and so anyway I had people on the inside on that job help fighting to keep me on it which was good so I stayed on it and I just looked kind of big I was like right. I just look like a larger woman yeah I mean, um and this time I'm actually, I'm not working a ton all the time now, but I got on a job now and I'm going back and forth to Louisiana and I didn't tell anyone that I was pregnant. And I'm at like five months now. It's the same thing where I kind of look bigger yeah. on the bottom. And I'm like, these people can just think I'm a little bit fat. Yeah. Too bad if you wanted some like, skinny girl next door look good for you there's no reason there's no reason for them to really know yeah and there's no reason for this part to be fit right like unless you specify and it's i know they're trying to get around they're trying to like get you to do full body shots all the time or whatever but it's just not cool to mm-hmm. need to be a fit woman no to when you have a certain look. Yeah. Um, that's really frustrating. Like I have a, a good friend named Sherry Lee and she's a great actor and she uh, does a ton of, of voiceover stuff, but she uh, does a lot of, you know, on camera stuff as well. And she was told, I think she was 10 years old. The first time that someone told her agent that she needed to lose a lot of weight for a role. Um, and it's something that as women, even as children, like have to kind of, meet these certain expectations or, or this image that, that they have. And it's like, it's really frustrating. And it's something, obviously I'm, I'm not a woman. I, I'm not going to speak for, for, for you, but I empathize because of uh, I, I booked a, a commercial once and it was, I hadn't booked anything in years. It was a while ago. Um, it had been a long time. And I booked this national commercial that was going to air during the Olympics. And I was so excited. It was the first thing I'd booked in a while. And um I did the first round of auditions and then they did callbacks and uh, it wasn't until I went to the costume fitting that they noticed my limp and uh, in the audition, it's like this virtual reality thing where I was wearing like these glasses and playing like a basketball game. So I'm just like dribbling and then like dunking the basketball and um, but I'm supposed to look kind of dorky doing it. So uh, I did that in both rounds of auditions. The director was there and saw it and laughed Mm -hmm. and enjoyed it. And then at the costume fitting, uh, they had me come out where my character wasn't wearing shoes. I was just in my socks because I'm in my bedroom um, in the the scene. 
And uh, so I came out not wearing shoes. So I couldn't have the lift in my shoe that made my limp a little less prominent. Mm. Um, but even then it's still like, it's just a, it's a limp, like people, some yeah. people have a limp. Um, and whenever I came out, I saw the director and the costumer looking down at it from kind of across the room and they saw me walk in and they kind of whispered for a little bit. And then finally the director came over and I could, he was acting kind of weird. And he was like, Hey, I noticed like, are, are you okay? Did you get hurt? And I was like, Oh no, I just, I have cerebral palsy and, and scoliosis. Um, and he was like, oh, okay. And then he went and talked to some other people and then he came back and was like, so or do you think you'll be able to do what the role requires? Do you think you'll be able to, um, you know, do what we need? And I was like, yeah, you saw, you saw me do it. I did it. Um, and, uh, it was this really weird thing. And I, I told my agent whenever I left and she was like, well, let me know if anything happens. And, um, you know, I still, like I showed up on set, they, they hadn't fired me or anything. And I showed up on set. And when I was there, I saw another actor who I noticed at the callbacks who was wearing the same outfit as me. Uh, and they had him there as a backup in case my limp was too noticeable. And uh, I ended up getting cut out of the commercial because it no. was too noticeable. So, um, oh. Yeah. There's stuff like that where it's like th there's in this industry and like you said, like it is more woke now on paper, at least, um, or a, a, like a lot of it is, I think, lip service. There are genuinely people, though, that I I've noticed more and more breakdowns saying things like, you know, we encourage you to submit actors with disabilities or, you know, open ethnicity, open race, open all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and that's great. But uh it is frustrating whenever you hear one thing and then like how they, they said, you know, tried to get you kicked off of this project because of being pregnant of all that. Like, it's just, it's really, really frustrating. Um, so I'm sorry you had to, to deal with that. No, it, 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 I mean, yeah, you too. I mean, it's, it's people want to be good people, but yeah. they just want their lives to be easy also. I mean, they're just, yeah, scared and they want their lives to be easy and they want what they want. Yeah, I've I've really, as a woman, things have gotten better, but there is still like a kind of typical kind of role that happens at different ages and at different yeah. weights. Yeah. And it's just fascinating kind of going from looking kind of like an ingenue, not really necessarily feeling like that through my life, but looking a bit like that and then kind of the girl next door turning into the mom next door mm -hmm. and that you're either like skinny and hot or or you're big and and funny you know yeah. or like big and relatable right but to just be like kind of big and look kind of normal the way most moms honestly look yeah um it's a, it, it like just slots you into this mom role that is been, that is a bit limited and yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just fascinating sort of seeing the, there are, there are other opportunities, but, but, but it's still out there. The yeah. categorization. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Which, which makes sense that now you're at a, a point in your life where you're wanting to develop like, you know, for other reasons, but also that like being able to, to do other things other than just the mom next door, like you said, since becoming a mom, how has that changed your, has that changed the way that you've, you've 
viewed your work or this industry or as added pressure? Like for me, it was something that I, before having kids, my wife and I were fine being, you know, like struggling to get by, but it was okay because I was pursuing this. But then once we had our first kid, it, it was like we were... It, the pressure was on a little bit more. And I started teaching at the, the acting school I graduated from and doing admissions there mm -hmm. um, to make a little extra. But there was still that pressure of like, I put all my eggs in this basket. Like I need to kind of speed up this process somehow. And then we had our second and that added even more. So it's like, did you feel any added pressure to kind of keep the momentum going um, once becoming a mom? Yes. Yeah. Cause I, and, and because I got, after I had my daughter, my daughter had this uh, underdeveloped intestinal tract thing where she couldn't have any dairy products, any soy, and any of the things that formula are made of. Yeah. I couldn't eat any of the things. I couldn't eat legumes. I could like my, I couldn't eat gluten. I could, there's just this enormous list of things I couldn't eat if I was going to breastfeed. And basically, I had to breastfeed her or else there was one kind of formula she could drink for this like exceptional allergy. Yeah. Um, and it was made almost entirely of like high fructose corn syrup because it couldn't have any soy derivative. It couldn't have any like pea protein. It couldn't yeah. have any dairy. And so I, until she reached 14 months, I was like, I feel like my full-time job is like, pumping and breastfeeding i mean i was just it yeah. just i just felt so and it brought up so much anxiety that i was like i have to feed this baby and my supply keeps going down and i won't make enough <laughs> all this stuff and um and so i really disappeared for a while and then and then after that covid hit and i think like everybody it's just whatever momentum you maybe thought you had. And then I hit and I would turn 40 and suddenly I felt like I wasn't as viable for casting anymore. Um, and I got really freaked out that I wasn't going to be able to support us like yeah. the way. And, and like you, I was, I was very much in and out of, money along. Yeah. I mean, I've always been in and out of money along the way and I've always been an indie girl mm -hmm. so, and these indie movies don't really pay so where the money's at. Yeah. <laughs> no, you've done it for the passion of it, which is, which was completely fulfilling enough. Like yeah. you were saying, like when it was just the two of us, me and my husband, like, fine, we, we don't have to buy some huge house. We're just gonna do what we love. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, having a kid really scared me um, that I needed to figure out how to take what I love it and be more lucrative with it or like sidestep and, you know, get other jobs and stuff like that. And which is why also I have dove into the developing side. We'll see how it goes, but I, it's very much still under wraps and and but I've been working with sort of Mark Duplass on on creating projects and that's great my hope for my life is to be you know an executive producer and like a in development on things so that I'm not trying to live as an actor paycheck to paycheck yeah uh, 
and have a little bit more of, I mean, I think it's probably as everything falls apart, if not more in the development world, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if I can, if I can, which, and there's nothing stopping me from doing it all day. So I can really, and I'm not good at it half the time too. I mean, I've, I've along the way picked up a lot on how to create arcs and stories and what characters needs and wants and all those things. But, but the actual writing process is, is still new enough to me that I, I have to put in more hours to write a lot of bad drafts before (laughs) before I get stuff that feels like it's clicking. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But like you're saying it, it, having kids, I got scared that, I, I don't just want to go indie movie to indie movie anymore. I, mm. I also don't necessarily want to travel to Louisiana and stay in a small hotel with yeah. my child. Like I need more help. I need nannies. I need, yeah. if I'm going to work, you know, I'm, I need to be making a little more if I'm going to be able to do this. And it's still yet to be determined. Yeah. <laughs> We're still trying to cross that bridge. Right. Before it's like, you you can't imagine saying no to something, you know, even if you have to travel or whatever, because it's kind of like you just are grasping at straws. You're trying to get anything you can. Um, but now, like the I did um, a thing last year where I was in Utah for almost two months, and then and that was right after we our our son was a few months old. So my wife was home during COVID with all three kids while I was away for two months, and that yeah. was really hard. Um, you have to be a little more selective as a parent because it, 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 you're not just doing it for you anymore. Like I want to be close to, to the kids and I want to, as they get older, it'll be easier to negotiate with your partner. There's like, there's only so much you can ask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it'll be easier, you know, as they get a little older and, and, aren't because like right now they can't even really come visit me on set because they don't know to be quiet they you know they'll be trying to run up to me whenever I'm I'm whenever we're rolling or whatever so as they get older it'll be easier for them to travel with us more and as COVID you know hopefully continues to go down um that'll help too because that was another reason they couldn't really come out and visit me in Utah last year back to the the Duplasses I actually have been talking to Jay a little bit about possibly working on something with him in the future. Um, and there, that, so that's, nice. yeah, They're that's so supportive. It's been guys. like ever since I, I first discovered them, you know, a decade ago, they've been on the top of my list of like, I want to work with them somehow. I don't care if I'm a day player on one of their shows. I don't care what it is. I just want to work with them on, on something. And, uh, I had just, I kind of like one day I felt bold and I looked up some, some, uh, people that, that worked with them. And I, I was like, Hey, is there any way you could pass this message along? And the next day Jay wrote back and we've kind of stayed in touch since. And it's been like, so mind blowing that, you know, he's taken the time out to actually, you know, try to, to find a spot for me and like, talk to me and encourage me. And like, it's, it's, they're, they're really special people. Um, yeah, they really want other people to succeed. I yeah, that's apparent. It, it what is nice is having been met so many people along the way, which is why I totally encourage people to just like make short films and go to festivals. Yeah. And just meet people at festivals 
because you get a community around you that will read your stuff that you can reference for things that can help you yeah get to know other people and i mean everybody kind of gets it that right that you have to pull a lot of strings to get stuff done and you need this web um of people that are equally passionate about it because then that's the thing is like finding your your tribe like your group of people that you know you can like count on or that will come you know play a part in your movie or come like help out even if it's like holding the the boom or whatever like having those people that just want to make something together with with you know the people they care about yeah Um, the other thing that i have only just now stepped into and admitted to myself is i think i was trying to be cool and liked for so long that i didn't want to ask for too much stuff or ask for that much help because i didn't want to seem like i needed too much help right yeah, like no, that. I'm, I'm and, good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and it was also kind of like a young, it, it, it's like a young girl mentality of, you know, I, the same thing as before, like, I'll just wait until I'll know when it's the right time and yeah, somebody will help me. And now as I've gotten older, just wanting things and then like, putting yourself out there to get rejected and asking for help from a lot of people like mm-hmm. no not everybody's going to want to help you but some will cares if somebody yeah. thinks you're a bit needy or that yeah. you have needs and wants yeah. so like, god Just, forbid fine. god yeah. forbid you have needs and wants yeah <laughs> it's true that's something i've i've started to realize as well and also i've as i've worked on my own confidence and like self-esteem um i i think coming to the realization that it's like you have something to offer as well so like when you're when i would ask like that was one thing that i think held me back from asking for help or reaching out to someone that maybe i want to collaborate with or whatever um that was something that that held me back from doing it because I felt like, oh, they're going to think, like you said, I'm needy or I'm just wanting a favor or whatever. But as I, I, my self-esteem grew a little bit and I worked on those, those insecurities, I was like, no, I have something to offer. I like, mm-hmm. I like this person's work. I want to work with them. I'm going to reach out. And it, it's the, like you said, not everyone's going to want to work with you or going to respond and, and, uh, that's fine, but some people will like Frank Mosley. That's I had watched him in something and I knew he was from my area. So I just mm-hmm. reached out to him one day and you know, now we've, we've become good friends and it's like things like that, where, um, you never know what's going to come of those, those relationships. Like if, if you just take the leap and reach out, yeah. um, yeah, I, I don't want to take up, it's been almost an hour. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do. Uh, I want to give you a chance to plug anything that you're working on or anything you want to promote. But before that, my last question that I ask is: since we talk a lot about like insecurities or things that we've we've struggled with or overcome, I want to end on a positive note. And my question I ask all of my guests is: what is the thing you love most about yourself? Um, I love. I love that you do this at the end of your podcast. I listened to a few of them before talking to you and I was like, I, this is such a sweet thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite question. Um, Mine here is, is the thing I've loved about myself the most recently. Um, 
and I'll, and I'll start it with a, um, it's like a metaphor that I came up with that when you're, um, when you're sort of trying to do something you haven't done before, or that makes you uncomfortable or like brings up my insecurities or that I just like get a, I don't, I don't feel good when I'm doing it, but I know I need to try to do something different or Mm -hmm. grow. Um, that it's a bit like you go into a dark room and you're, you're usually like searching for the light, you know? So that's like, aha, like, ah, okay. Now I see, now I can see things. Now I can function in this room. Yeah. And I know how to do this stuff. And I've been kind of training myself when I can't find a light switch to just stay in the dark room in the dark because it's like waiting for my eyes to adjust. And eventually it's not like I can see in the room, yeah. but my eyes adjust just enough to start make, to start feeling okay in that dark space where like, I feel super insecure when I'm trying to do this thing, I feel a little bit stupid. I'm trying to grow, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not good at this thing necessarily, but, or, ta- or talking to people that intimidate me, you know, things that things that I would shy away from before I've recently started to love in myself that I'm letting myself sit in a place that doesn't feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and just wait for my eyes to adjust because I'm learning at a more rapid pace than I was when I was trying to make myself comfortable more yeah. often. Well, that's, I mean, in order to grow, you do have to make yourself uncomfortable sometimes. And, and, um, I think that's awesome that, that, that you're doing that. Cause it's not, it's much easier said than done. I still struggle with that as well, but it's something I'm, 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 uh, aspiring to do. So, uh, yeah, I think that's really cool. Do you have anything that's out or coming out soon that you want to plug or promote? You know, not really. I mean, I would say that the things that I did a few years ago, like fully realized humans are like chained for life. Yeah. Those last two things chained for life and fully realized humans were really special to me. Um, they're both so great. I'm hopefully actually, I've been talking to Adam, um, about having him on. Yes. 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 uh, I have him on as well. So yeah, that's really cool. I'm developing something with him right now. Wow. That's awesome. He's the one I'm working with to create something. That's exciting. It is exciting. Well, I can't wait to see what it is. Yeah, I, you know, here's, here's to hoping stuff that, you know, gets, yeah, or gets made. Right. So that was my conversation with Jess. Uh, I always enjoy talking to other actors with children, um, just getting their perspective on, on the shift that happens and uh, the, the pressure that is added once children are are thrown into the mix. Um, And uh, it makes me feel less alone. So Jess, if you're listening to this, thank you for that. Um, Be sure to go give Jess a follow on social media. You can find her on Instagram at Jess Wexler, which is J-E-S-S-W-E-I-X-L-E-R. 
and uh, be sure to show her some love and support her her past work. As we talked about uh, throughout our conversation, and as she mentioned at the end, definitely seek out her films, Fully Realized Humans, as well as Chained for Life. Uh, they're both really, really good movies that she uh, had a hand in developing. And uh, she definitely has a talent for it. She was being humble in the uh, interview and saying that she isn't sure how good she is at it. But I'm going to speak on her behalf right now and say that I think uh, she is an excellent filmmaker and I can't wait to see what she does next. Uh, not only as an actor, but as a filmmaker as well. Thank you again, Jess, for coming on. I really, really did enjoy it, and I appreciate it, and I sincerely hope that we get to work together one day. Uh, but now is the time for me to tell you about next week's guest. So next week, I am talking with actor Jay Head, who you might know from The Blind Side as SJ. He also played Charlize Theron's and Jason Bateman's son, in Hancock, uh, which also starred Will Smith. He most recently appeared in an episode of Yellowstone uh, and has done a bunch of other things. He's a really, really passionate and, and charismatic guy. Um, and I had a blast talking to him. Uh, he, aside from his acting career, which we do touch on, we also talk about some medical issues that he uh, has struggled with throughout his life. Uh, so that was something that we were able to relate on. So be sure to come back next week and listen to my interview with Jay. Until then, be sure to love your limp, be good to yourself, and have a fantastic week. Now, enjoy this original outro music by Devin Levi. Give him a follow at Devin Levi Music, and y'all have a good one. <laughs>